And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. Let's get elevated. This is your host, Heather Steppe, co-founder of KC Hemp Company, bringing you all things cannabis to the hustle. Before we welcome our next guest to the Startup Hustle, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Our next guest combines two of my absolute most favorite things, one of them obviously being cannabis, the other being food. I don't know what else you could possibly need in the world except maybe some love. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Chef Nikki Stewart onto the Startup Hustle. Chef, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so let's just dive right in. Um, why don't you tell me just a little bit about your background, you know, how you got into cannabis and, and cooking with cannabis? Well, for sure. Um, I mean, I got in cannabis naturally as a teenager that would love to smoke. So that was my first relationship <laughs> with cannabis. Uh, I think we all have a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, we all have a little bit of that. So, um, so that's how I came into my first connection with cannabis. Um, I was a student in pharmacy. So I studied pharmaceutical sciences in college. So therefore I was really into the science and the study of drugs. Um, so from there, I continued in the pharmaceutical space and then left that area to go into culinary. Um, uh, just as a a different type of way to express my creativity. I've been a very science-based person. Um, like I, I felt that there was room for me to kind of harness my creativeness and take something that was a hobby and then turn it into a career. Um, so I, I cooked a lot. I cooked a lot in for like in the dorms, in my apartment in college. I used to sell food. I used to make cheesecakes and, mm. you know, just all kinds of things in that space. And um, of course, I would add things to them, um, whether it's cannabis and alcohol. I mean, I was making Bailey's and Kahlua cheesecakes. And oh my God, that sounds delicious. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, I feel like I could charge people like $40 for a cheesecake. <laughs> right. and, I mean, it works. You know, it was a thing. People thought that they were getting drunk off the of cheesecakes, but they weren't. <laughs> right. uh, they didn't realize the alcohol dissipates and you just have the flavor. Right. right? That's and funny. So moving from doing, do, and getting into the culinary space, I traveled um, to different restaurants, different countries, studied with a lot of different chefs all over and really just harnessed my culinary skills and my knowledge, um, my culinary IQ in different food genres, um, different flavor profiles, like all, all of the things. Um, and for a while I was just doing like very exclusive 
um, private chef services. I mean, I also have been an executive chef for a couple restaurants. Um, and then I started getting into like luxury high end events for celebrities. And so um, there and where my first ask came to, uh, to me to do a large scale cannabis dinner um, or more or less a party. And the first person that asked me to do that was Snoop. So that was my very first, that was my launch into the space. I mean, it was a pretty strong launch. Yeah, I'd <laughs> say. <laughs> but yeah, so I got into doing um, cannabis events and dinners um, some years ago. And I've taken what I did there and put it into a business platform where I have a traveling because a cannabis culinary tour um, that we do events in every recreational market. Um, so it's not, it's not a very small thing. It started off as an, as a dope idea. And yeah. then I'm like doing these things everywhere now. That's getting awesome. asked to do them everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That that's awesome. Uh, I would say jumping right into the cannabis space with Snoop is, uh, you know, not everybody's Thursday. It's not everybody. <laughs> that is fantastic. No, it's definitely not. I mean, I was really, I was really talking my talking to myself, getting myself geared up for that kind of um, influx of like, I'm, I'm really go from the most known unknown to really being propelled forward. I enjoyed being kind of behind the scenes. And my job behind the scenes a lot of the time is, you know, like green room craft services for sets, um, shows, things like that. And then, you know, of course, putting on events when folks have, you know, things that they need to do. So I'm like, now people are noticing me for me years ago. And I had to, un I had to like deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely a different kind of dynamic. Mm -hmm. especially if, if you're not used to kind of being out there as you, but you, you know, your food probably spoke more about you than you did. Yeah. That, did. That's, that's awesome. So did you, now were you professionally trained in, um, you know, food or is that just something like you were saying, your, your passion project just became yeah, so really good. I'm definitely trained by like some of the top chefs in the country. Did I go to culinary school? No. Um, the reason why I didn't is because I felt like pharmacy school and culinary school was not too far off in, yeah. in the understanding um, because it is science. When you're baking, when you're cooking, it is very simple science that, um, you know, I, I felt like I understood on a basic level. Yeah. And so I felt like I can take myself and transport myself into the culinary space by like starting in the kitchen from the bottom. Like, I mean, I learned techniques. I was like, you know, on the line, um, there's different little segments in the culinary and like in the kitchen that right. processes that you would ha you have to learn. And so I just stuck myself in that system and I was, you know, definitely uh, like around 27, 28. So I had already, done college had already had two kids yeah. um and here I am trying to figure out like this culinary career and 
that, so. that's that's awesome though i can absolutely relate to you on that um i actually uh, went to school for dietetics and biochemistry mm. and so i too dabbled a little bit with just more of the the physiological function of how your body processes food. yeah um, but I also saw that as an opening to getting into cannabis, you know, when mm-hmm. you're talking about supplements and, and so that's kind of how I got into my path as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very science-based. I love it. I geek out. I try to have conversations, uh, with people. We have educational events we put on and sometimes I'm like, okay, I got to take like eight steps back because nobody has any idea what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's so fun. You do. You definitely have to. Um, like I just did an interview for popular science, uh, magazine, um, the other day. And I was happy that the tone of that was more science-based. Um, it's definitely was very culinary based, but it's the science of taste. Right. So that's what we were talking about and how, um, terpenes influence your experiences Mm. in different ways and things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. I love seeing the entire cannabis industry starting to really dive into terpenes, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, from a biochemical standpoint, but also, like you said, from, from your senses, your, your flavors, your tastes, everything that comes along with, with adding those into foods and into your, you know, flowers are being bread with higher terpene content. I, I love seeing the direction that yeah. this entire industry is going. So yeah. do you, do you, are you working with a lot of terpenes when you're, when you're doing your, um, you know, culinary experience? Yeah, we do to an extent. Um, and it's usually isolating the terpenes out and then bringing them back in just for the, like for you to have the, the smell on the front of your nose the taste but for for me i prefer for the the terpene the essence of the terpene to kind of like simmer out by the time your food becomes the most palatable to you um meaning that i like to take the terpenes out of the food i do like the food to stand as true flavors and then we kind of stack the then we kind of stack those things back in um I'm just one of those people that like, of course, we've all had a bad experience with a brownie or two every now and then or (laughs) something that we made at home um, over the years. And remember our days of having um, early cannabis infused foods, it was just so dank. It was so intense on the flavor that it wasn't palatable. Right. Now, there's often times where I go to. Um, and I've had different experiences with edibles and of course other like cannabis dinners and things like that. And it just doesn't taste good to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tastes like a plant. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so you're getting all that chlorophyll right there. So it's like you taste the chlorophyll, you taste all those terpene notes. I mean, and I have to always explain to people, it's like essential oils, Mm -hmm. It's like, I want, say for instance, I have a, a lavender lemonade, right? I'm going to take the lavender, the essence of the lavender, but it's better to take it from like the actual piece of lavender than to take an essential oil and to start dropping it right. in there because it's right. not going to taste right, right? Right. So you just have to go through the process of getting the, like, you know, I work with different labs and, and, and different brands to choose the products that I prefer. And I don't use carrier oils. 
uh, at all. So that for me is a better process of the way that I cook that way that I can have a little bit more of a diversity in the style and the foods that I cook because it's not so, um, it doesn't have to have an oil carrier um, as far as that is concerned. Yeah, so, just a little less diluted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes we just take the terpenes out, we'll put them back in. Um, my bartenders, we have an atomizer that we use the terpene spritz nice. and different things like that. So, yeah. That sounds awesome. So, you know, let's let's kind of go back to you cooking in the dorms. You went from cooking in the dorms to your first cannabis dinner experience with Snoop. Talk to me mm-hmm. a little bit about how you, you know, really started digging into combining those cannabis notes and pieces into what you were doing and, and how did, how did Snoop find you? You know, what's that look like? Um, so for me, I, of course, I've done a lot of R and D just quietly over the years of just, um, you know, I've, I've done everything the way that most people have done them, you know, old school cheesecloth, you know, yeah. crock pot, pressure cooker. I've done all of those things. You know, I've, I've had to like lie to my kids and tell them that they're like, why does the house smell like sage? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, when they come in the house or they, or, or they wake up in the morning and the house smells like super dank. So I'm like, you know, they're all I'm like, no, it's just herbs and things like that. But now they <laughs> Now clearly they they know that I was not telling the truth. Right. <laughs> but I've gone through you know like all of that R and D to and I've studied a lot. I've read a lot and just to try to like you know absorb as much information. Like I understand dosing from a pharmaceutical perspective, um, and so translating that into a culinary space. Um, it's, it doesn't, it's not super tricky, but you have to be very mindful. And a lot of chefs aren't very mindful of the dosing um, right. just because it seems like something dope to get into. So you just start putting weed and everything. And then I always, I always give, you know, other chefs looks when they're like, oh, it's like around like, you know, maybe like 40 to 55. <laughs> or when people give me like r- weird numbers, like, it's like 17 milligrams. You're like, what? Like, come on, like, let's get to, a, it's like 18. Right. <laughs> a whole number. Um, right. But I'm, I'm, so I took the, my knowledge there and then I combined it with, you know, just simple food preparations. Um, and then the way Snoop found me was pretty organic. Um, once you're in a circle of people, um, as far as like in a, like a celebrity circle or just any little network. Like I've never once advertised my services. Not once. It was just through word of mouth. He also knew that I was also Dave Chappelle chef. So that ended up being like a little tie in. Like he knew that he knew of my previous works. And so oddly enough, I had a, um, a friend from college who had just left, uh, working for Rolling Stone and just took a job with Snoop. And she just said, you know, like he knows about you, but I reminded him that this would be a really dope thing for you to do. Like Chef Nikki can handle this. And they were, his whole team was like, yeah, let's do it. And that was it. That's awesome. um, Yeah. I mean, I definitely can, 
give kudos to my college network for for constantly. I went to Ohio State, so okay, yeah, it's a we all kind of like find each other in different professional realms often. Yeah, I know gr- growing that uh, that network like that organically too. Just ugh, really, there's nothing like it. I did freaking college online. Ugh, and kids. So did it online. I was like, I really feel like I missed out on some here, but I'm catching back up. <laughs> I do catch back up. I missed out on a lot of things too. Um, like, I mean, I decided to have kids early. And so while my, my friends were doing like post-grad stuff and I was like, I got to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I had to go into being an employee versus being an employer. Right. And so I had to kind of, you know, I kind of had to isolate myself in a bubble, but I would say my college experience and also me being a member of a sorority um, has helped in my adult life tremendously. <laughs> oh yeah, I am absolutely sure. Yeah. Well, that, so are you from the Midwest then? Mm-hmm. Or you just went to Ohio State for school? Mm-mm. No, I am an Ohioan. I was born and raised in Cincinnati. Okay. Are you still in Ohio? I still am in Ohio, for oh, sure. fantastic. I'm never here, but I'm always, like, repping, for sure. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot of great people live in Ohio, despite, like, Dave Chappelle is about 45 minutes from me, and everybody's okay. always like, why does he live in Ohio? And I could give you a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a lot of reasons, but the cool thing about it is we're spread out. Like, like during COVID, it was great, because nobody mm-hmm. was on top of each other. Right. I'm in LA a lot and I'm in like, you know, other cities like New York, Miami, all those places a lot. And like when I come back to Ohio, I'm able to breathe. Mm-hmm. Less dense. Yes. And the line at Trader Joe's is not as long. <laughs> always, always a plus. Trader Joe's and all these has my heart. <laughs> yes, same. Well, um, I think that's a great time for me to remind you guys that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. So Chef Nikki, let's go right into, will you tell me a little bit about your high-end experience? That's the name of your company, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. so tell me about that process. I mean, do you, when you have these dinner parties and you're cooking for all of these guests, um, kind of just walk me through what you're doing and how many courses you're preparing and, and what really that looks like. Uh, well, the high-end affair is, it's a, it's definitely dinner <laughs> but yeah. it's a more of an experience of like a very large like what I like to call kickback <laughs> so oh. and the reason why I call it a kickback is because when my daughters they always call like going to like parties kickbacks because they not they don't try to make a big deal out of it right but this ends up being like a networking conversational I never thought that I would smoke a blunt or a joint next to this person. It's like one of the largest um, melting pots of, of an event of its size. Um, so when I do serve food, I mean, I serve about eight courses, uh, no more than 10. They're small bites, but heavy. Um, they're on a timed, um, I timed them as we, um, I call it a, a titer, which you kind of like raise up and it's like a balancing act. So I send courses out gradually um, Mm -hmm. every like 25 to 30 minutes. Okay. Um, 
up to 40 for some, but the kitchen is open. So people are allowed to ask questions, vibe with the chefs that are in there, um, talk to me. And um, within there, within this event, we have different rooms that have different activations. Um, so we have a lot of brands that participate and we help design experiences for um, the, the guests at the party that are unique to the brand, but also unique to the high end affair. And mm. so um, the best way I can describe it, it's almost like an adult playground, but That's done awesome. very well and not a very, like I'm, I'm not anti stoner, but I'm also a professional. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't like, to me, stoner is more like, you know, I'm not really doing shit. Right. <laughs> stoner on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I wholeheartedly am a person that smokes, like I'm, I'm high 90% of the day. <laughs> um, and so it's therapeutic. Yeah. I mean, I'm the first thing before I get up and take a walk or go work out. I mean, I'm definitely high. I'm definitely smoking in the car on my way there. Yeah. That's um, awesome. But, but so I say that to say that there's a lot of people like me that are very functioning in yeah. this world that are not like not doing anything, but you also have consumers that are not, that are interested in the space and you have to give them a softer, um, launch into there where they're not like, you know, like coming in and like, you know, you're ripping a big ass, like, right. <laughs> yeah, like a big ass bong or like some sort of like other situation, but so we give this experience where it's like very delicate um, and very informative. And at the same time, you know, you're high as hell, like pretty yeah. much the whole time. But I am doing a balancing act like the cocktails um, are designed to bring your high down. Uh -huh. um, so um, a lot of them are mocktails, but we do have uh, we do mix different types of CBD derivatives and other properties to keep your high balanced. Yeah. Um, because we realize people are still being social. We have great entertainment. I've got fire performers. I've had mermaids. I've had like, I've had that so many things. Like I pretty much, um, I try to just make it your little fantasy world for about five hours that I have you. Wow. That sounds awesome. That yeah. sounds way, way more intense and involved than dinner. <laughs> it is because it's a production. I'm a front right. of the house person as much as I am a back of the house. So almost the last thing that I'm doing is cooking. Oh, wow. I'm like, and my team is great. My culinary team is great. My sous chef is wonderful. She teaches culinary school and she also is a professor at a cannabis school. And oh, so wow. cool. She's very great at keeping the kitchen and the team organized when I'm not in it. So I'm able to, you know, like go out and um, consult with my event producers about the structural things of the event, the layout, the lighting, um, the sound, you know, like it's really like a full scale production. Like most of the people that work with me to produce the event, they come from Live Nation. They come from, these are people also I've been on tour with. Yeah. Um, so they're very good with experiential things. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So how many people do you have on your team? How many people are working under you? Uh, usually I have about 12 people that travel with me. Okay. And so these are my main, 
people, my like logistics, um, my the girl that does all my staffing and on the ground things, um, chefs, bartenders. And so those main 12, um, they usually, we usually end up hiring because we move so many states, like almost mm -hmm. every month, we usually have to end up hiring um, staff in the, each city because it is very expensive to transport all of those folks across the mm -hmm. country. Yeah, I um, bet. Yeah, it is. But we get it done. We figure it out. <laughs> we get it done. And so we usually hire additional, um, we do a casting call for the servers. Um, I do require the servers to have a certain look and a certain, like, because they have outfits, they have Right. We have designed their clothes according to the theme of each event. Um, and the theme changes every time. And so we have to do casting call for them. I have additional chefs and line cooks that we hire. We have additional bartenders, bar backs that we hire per state. We have security that we have to hire per state. We have um, other producers and logistics people that we have you know, valet. I mean, like there's so many things. Right. All the pieces. So when you, when you have these themes, is this something that you develop? Is it something that the client develops? No, it's something that we develop. It's usually something that like, I have ideas of like, I have a little list of things that I create of like different vibes. I want to try to like portray and like get off. So like, for instance, like I may do a black tie but the black tie that I'm doing is at a historical mansion. So mm -hmm. it'll feel very great Gatsby, you know, like yeah. there are times where I feel like there that we don't dress up enough. I mean, I'm not really a person that dresses up on a regular days, but every now and then you want to get fancy. That's right. And why feel not? Nice. <laughs> yeah, you want to feel nice. And why not have, you know, you step out with your man on a nice little evening and get high and come home. And go right. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, getting out of the house and something besides sweatpants after COVID yeah, is like a win for me for at this sure. point. <laughs> for sure. So there are moments where I want to create a different vibe and a different look and feel for the cannabis space because I feel like all too often there's like a sesh or there's just like a little like event, but there's nobody is ever holding anyone to a standard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. even for that evening, I would like to hold you to a standard. And I also am holding you to a standard of keeping your phone down because I don't allow phones in the event. Oh, I love it. Yeah. God, people are so entranced in their phones that There's they really so miss it. an experience that's going on around them. Yeah. And so we ask you that you put your phones up, but we do have a system to put your phones up. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, I use the same, I like some of, some of the, some of the things that I do, I borrow them <laughs> from like, when I'm on tour with Chappelle, because you can't take your phone as an audience member, you can't have your phone out. And if you have your phone out and you're recording, you are definitely escorted out of the theater. Yeah. And we're not going to escort you out on the first time, but we're going to ask you nicely. Yeah. And the reason is because do something in the And because if you are someone that is unaware of the guest list, I know the guest list. But you may not know the guest list and you very well will be surprised by who shows up. It happens all the time. And so I don't want you to rush and take the opportunity to take a picture with this person. I want you to actually get to know this person on an actual like level 
of like, hi, my name is such and such. This is what I do in the cannabis space, X, Y, and Z. So I'm trying to get people to like interact without using their phones. We do have cameras. We do have a photo booth. So you'll get your pictures. Yeah. (laughs) Your pictures, but they're still in a controlled environment where, you know, like go to the photo booth, take the pictures. It's got our sponsors on it. It's got branding on it. At the least, I mean, that's what I, and we have cameras and videographers to document the experience, but we do get, like, we're not showing half the people that are in there. Right. Just the people that we have appearance releases for. Okay. that That's so interesting. It sounds so fun. It's pretty fun. I mean, I would say, like, I know I, when I initially when I put this out to the world, I know people were like, oh, my God, like, what? No phones? Like, I don't know. So I need paperwork just to be at a party. They were like, I mean, a lot of people, were, I mean, especially for me, I'm 40. I don't give a fuck about putting my phone up, but a 25 year old really cares. Yeah, that is very true. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a part of, of part of a lot of people. It's like an actual limb. Yeah. Like you immediately, like people love to come in events and immediately go like, oh, you know, right. Nope. If you do that and we're just going to be like, man, sir. This is your last warning um, because you do sign up. You know? And it's not to be an asshole. It's just to protect everyone that's in there because we do have government officials in there. Um, we, you know, like people, uh, minds are blown because they've gotten a smoke, a blunt with the Senator. And they're like, I've never thought that that would ever happen in my life. But yeah, yeah it happens. Like we have really dope things that happen like that. Really great relationships that become of it. I get stories all the time. Like, no, yeah. I'm like, I've, connected with my processor at the high end affair or I connected with you know somebody that sold that sells me all my nutrients for my farm you know at the high end affair or whatever marketing I've connected plenty of celebrities and athletes to brands that they can white label that's awesome so is it um when you when you're hosting these events are they invitation only is it something you can sign up to be a part of how does that work it is, it is a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. We do open the um, event up to a certain amount of um, tickets. It's very limited. Most of the, uh, the guests have, are invited guests. Okay. Um, so we try to curate the room best as possible and have, you know, the right folks in the room. We do do a registration online at the highendaffair.com. You can register to participate in the event. Um, And then we will vet you to see if you um, are, you know, depending on the state, you know, and what we're trying to achieve. Usually we're vetting you based upon what our sponsors are looking for in demographics for marketing and exposure. So even though, I mean, we have plenty of ROIs to our sponsors um, that we have to be able to, you know, we're not, also because we're not asking for like $5,000. We're asking for like $25,000. Right. You know what I mean? We're asking for like 10, like our lowest is usually like 10. Um, and so we still have to be able to achieve um, the marketing aspect of, you know, what the brand is is wanting from us. So. Right. So is your, your events, are they um, 
funded through the brand or through the marketing and, and brand sponsoring with you, or is it a ticket sales or is it both? It's both. Okay. Cool. It's both. It's both. In order for um, most of my events to, um, you know, be successful, I mean, they're not a small dollar amount. They're usually like minimally 75 to 100K for one event. Yeah. And so um, that's why I mean, like, they're on such a, a level of which, you know, we're getting people that, I mean, like, shit, one time, like, I'm just in my event and like Green Day shows, I'm like, what? That's crazy. Sweet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's those are the type of things that happens. Or like E40, like that party that I had with E, like not an E40, but with oh, in uh, the Bay Area, the Green Day, Gary Payton, E40, wow. like tons of people show up. Um, and and I know because I do celebrity events, there's a certain type of quality that has to you know be maintained. So it's not cheap. I say that, but I started off with my own money. I literally like became, all right, cool. I'm just going to put 10,000 up investment to try to see if I can get this off. So I was pulling, I was doing these events on like a 10,000 to 15,000 budget Mm. at first. And And now it's expanded. Yeah, it's expanded. Now, I mean, like, I don't have to flip my own money and hope it comes back to me. Right. Um, I mean, like, I hate the anxiety of ticket sales. That's oh, my God. Sponsorships. I know. <laughs> so I'm like, dealing with that right now. And I'm like, God damn, I don't, like, I have to put all these thousands of dollars down to host this event. I'm like, I hope people show up. Yeah, it sucks. Like, the anxiety of ticket sales makes my stomach turn because <laughs> oftentimes getting my, and my ticket sale prices are, like 200 to 350. Okay. Um, and I remember like, okay, what if I just drop the ticket price down to like a hundred dollars and knowing that I was like going to lose my ass, but I was like, how do I get people to buy into this? Especially when it's something new, like you coming out the gate, you're like, I'm doing a can of infused dinner, dinner party and I need 250 a ticket. Eh. Some people are like, I don't really know you like that. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And, or just getting people to commit early enough, you know, like you put ticket sales out for 30 days or 60 right. days, and then people don't start buying tickets until three days before, five right. days before. Just and I'm like, full anxiety. That gives me anxiety. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I have enough anxieties in my life. <laughs> right. It's not going to be one of them. So now if you get, so now if you register and we send you a link to buy the ticket, you have only three days to buy the ticket. Oh, wow. Okay. We will rescind your invitation and we'll give it to somebody else. Wow. No That's shit. That's so awesome. Have, I love it. Like, you either want to come or you don't. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay I, can, way. I can totally dig that. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So when you are, you know, vetting out people, obviously, obviously you have a nice uh, network in all of the different cities yeah. that you travel to, yeah. but when you're vetting guests and stuff, I mean, what is, how do you, outside of, you know, their demographic, what else are you looking for? I mean, is it typically people who yeah. know people or people you've met before or, you know, kind of keeping everything nice and tight? Yeah. I mean, I just try to keep things on an even playing field for everyone. Um, I do want you to be um, like, 
if you were just like, I've never smoked weed in my life. I don't, I'm not interested. I just want to show up because I heard it was a good time. Then maybe, maybe you should have some additional experiences because <laughs> if you come here to the high end fair, number one, you're going to, your socks are going to get blown off by the food and the amount of cannabis in the event and period. So right. I have to. I'm, I also want to make sure that the adults that we bring in are responsible and I don't have to babysit them. And my yeah. school doesn't have to. Yeah. So I kind of see what kind of life you have. Yeah. <laughs> my team, not me, my team. I get the final look at the list after everyone. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but if you're a person that is like, you know, an internet troll or like some kind of like, you know, weird, creepy energy, like, or you're a super controversial in certain areas. I just, I'm all for the peace and I'm all for everyone having a good time and not having to worry about an idiot in the room. Oh, I, I can't. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sign me up. Yeah. I'm going to go fill out a little application right now. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and that's it. It's not, again, it's not us trying to be like, you know, like you can't like, mm, you can't come in. It's not right. that it's more or less like, we just want to make sure you're a good, a good fit for what we're expecting, you know, you know, of what we're doing. So, um, but we do take a look at your social media. We do ask for your Twitter, your Instagram, or your Facebook and your LinkedIn. Also, um, we do want to make sure you're a legitimate person. Mm-hmm. We also want to make sure that, um, like you're in, um, you know, we have a lot of people that um, are in the traditional market, and I call it the black market. Mm-hmm. But I also want to make sure you're still in good standing in the cannabis community. Yeah. Um, because sometimes we get people that are like, no, 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 if you have that person there, I'm not coming type stuff. Happens right. all the time. I'm sure. But I always just try to make sure everybody's cool. No problems. You know, because I my security is not just regular guys. Most of the time, I do have um, just undercover police officers there nice so and they i mean like and i'm only operating in recreational area so this is not like a you know gray area right um but i'm saying that to say like everybody's i would have people to watch people yeah <laughs> because well, and it's, I, that's I, important for you yeah. and your reputation but it's also important for all of the other people who are there <laughs> yeah it's important for a lot of people that are there and i don't want anybody to have an uncomfortable experience i'm very sensitive to feminine energy you know I never want somebody to be like this dude's all over me yeah I don't want that um but I will tell you one thing at my parties I probably have never had an incident where I've had that number one reason is is because it's cannabis and not alcohol yes okay that's a whole (laughs) nother conversation but yes you're absolutely correct yeah so um and usually like everyone is like, wow, I never even expected that kind of experience. I thought I was just going to sit down dinner and just chit chat, but I keep people moving. I keep yeah. people because the longer you sit and you're high, you'll kind of melt into the couch or the right. chair or wherever you're sitting. <laughs> and then right. I'm like, Hey, you know, we've been done for an hour. I need you to go, right. <laughs> but never have had. And mind you, this is like 250 to 300 people. This is not like 40 people. That's awesome. A lot of people. I I love the entire idea and I'm completely fascinated with your ability to put something so extravagant, but so um, 
just creative and thoughtful mm-hmm. together. And, and that hasn't been done before. I mean, that's genuine, true entrepreneurship. Thank you. It, it's it's amazing. I'm I'm really excited to to see how this progresses for you as well. And I, so I'm in the Kansas City area. And Missouri is going recreational, hopefully, well, after this year. So this is so random. Weird. But that's that's my not par- far from me. I know, but my partner played football in Kansas. Oh, say. really? Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, also, I love it here. Probably how you love Ohio. Yeah. You know, it's one of those like big little city things. I, yeah. I am a huge Kansas City fan. Um, but we're in kind of a weird place where Kansas has absolutely no regulation or legalization at all. And Missouri is getting ready to pass recreational. Yeah. Go, yeah. Go crazy in Missouri. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I live eight minutes from the state lines. So yeah, that's, no, like... that's, that's wonderful. I mean, Ohio state, I'm not Ohio state, but Ohio is really, it's, it's been medical for a while and we've got dispensaries all over, but it's just, it's weird. It's like an eighth. No, they don't even sell them in ace. They sell them in what? Court um, two point sevens. I'm sorry. Weird. Two point sevens, and they're like eighty, ninety bucks. Dang. Wait, is Ohio who? Uh, did you guys have like an edible only law for a while, or did or you can have smokable flour? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just in weird, weird amounts. Still, yeah, the edibles are still like weirdly controlled. Like, um, like the price point in the edibles and the type of edibles, there's just, it's just whack. I know. I know. I'm afraid that's what Kansas is going to do. Uh, Missouri has been a little weird on like just license regulations and stuff, but I'm a little afraid of what Kansas is going to come out with. I'm hopeful, but (laughs) But, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I have not, um. I don't have a lot of friends um, currently that are advocating for the the laws in Kansas. Um, well, now you do. See, now I do. So now I can <laughs> just understand uh, what's going on. I know um, that my partner, he has a lot, of, not a lot, but he has a couple homies that he played football with that are getting into the space on the Missouri side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then, um, the person that connected me to you all, Dan Herter. Yeah. Right. He went to Kansas as well. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, um, cause he went to school with Josh. And so oh, I went to school with him. Well, then but I know, went to high school. I went to high school. Okay. okay high okay, school okay. with him. Yeah. Okay, 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 <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that like, there's definitely room to grow. Um, I think Missouri may end up very similar to Oklahoma at some point just a very like i don't know oklahoma's like the wild wild west like they are like yeah yeah do it whatever they they like legalized and then made regulations where most other states are like okay we're gonna put these regulations in there and and then new york new york just legalized and is working on regulations right now so right now in new york i mean they have a they have a, a very decent gifting program which um dc did a gifting program so Mm -hmm. it's where you go and purchase something out of a gift shop um Mm -hmm. but you get like the item with like like my friends have an art gallery 
and it's like you get a little piece of art with your cannabis purchase. I mean, you buy the art and then you get cannabis with right. the art. <laughs> but DC used to do the same thing where you would order a song or a poem and the person would come deliver and sing you like a two minute song, but it was really just for your flower. I mean, listen, I'm not mad about that. No, it's not bad. It's, I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> it, it, it definitely works. I mean, because they have this thing where you can gift cannabis, like it's a different like sales process. But um, yeah, Ohio needs a lot of work. So I often do not have events in Ohio of that kind. Now, Ohio was my definitely my my launch pad and like kind of like my test subjects. Yeah. <laughs> so I did a few um, high end affairs in Ohio early because I was able to like a lot of people just knew me and they was just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's Chef Nikki. Like we fuck with her. Like yeah. I'll come. And I was able to at least capture content from there to be able to sell on a larger platform to bigger sponsors. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that, that's key, especially starting out, you know, when you're, when you're selling an experience is being able to yeah. show it. Yeah. And Awesome. Well, Chef, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I am going to remind everybody once again that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by, by Full Scale, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And in case you forgot, we do have a TV show. So if you head on over to YouTube, search up Startup Hustle, you'll find me and fellow founder cast members talking about business, the real true story of growing a business. So Chef, thank you so much again, and I will catch you guys later. You're so welcome. Good talking to you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.